You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 201, Leadership and the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Part 2. Last week, we introduced this topic of leadership and the spiritual gifts, and we discussed our personality gifts, our motivational gifts, if you will, from Romans chapter 12. And we found that each of us is given a particular drive. That's why we're not all wired the same way. And we discussed the uh, really important idea, the concept that, you know, I can't lead others if I can't lead myself. And I can't effectively lead myself if I don't understand how I'm wired. If I don't understand what drives me, I sure can't understand what drives you. So learning what our gift is, our personality, our motivation, what drives us, and that's what's discussed in Romans chapter 12. And if you didn't hear that episode, I recommend highly that you go back and look at it. Today, we're going to be getting into the important discussion on ministry gifts. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is the revised and updated uh, version of my popular leadership book, packed full of practical leadership insights, really from a, a lifetime of leading, not only in the church, but also in the when I was a, a police officer, I retired as a, as a mid-level manager, as a lieutenant in the police department. And so this book really covers so many different aspects. This is not just a ch- church book, a Christian book. This is a, a guide to help you, as we're talking about, lead yourself, but also talk about how to lead others. Every chapter is short and immediately actionable. There's some discussion questions at the end, some things you can do to immediately put the, the material into action. This book also has uh, some some bonus chapters on personal productivity, goal setting, and I know that you'll love it. Check it out. Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. Well, all right, we're back. And I'm just going to tell you up front, this is probably some controversial material that we're going to talk about. There is no doubt about it. There are there are different schools of thought in various churches on spiritual gifts. Some churches have the extreme that these don't even exist anymore. Other churches, um, maybe it would be even argued that they might take them to an extreme. But you know, my I'm a Bible scholar. I read the Bible. I study the Bible, and I believe the Bible. And you know, you go to some churches, and there'll be a a a, 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 a very good theological dance around the subject. And even people that would normally believe that the Bible is God's Word would want to cut out some areas. And this area of spiritual gifts is one of them. And uh, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. This is from 1 Corinthians 12, and then we'll discuss these types of gifts that are listed here. 
And this is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another by the same Spirit, the gift of healing. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongue, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions them to each one individually as he wills. And like I said, this can be controversial because, of course, the two of the gifts that were mentioned are two that are, are, are very often um, uh, those that cause controversy, those that cause confusion, even division, and that's the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. But, as with all passages of Scripture, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to be fair... And if we're going to be truthful to God's Word, we don't run away from difficult passages of Scripture. We examine them. We don't try and talk them away. We don't try and make them disappear. We see what God says. And that's if we believe God's Word. If we don't believe God's Word, you can do what you want. But if we believe it, we have to get some kind of understanding of what God is trying to say. So these are considered uh, ministry gifts, um, some might even call them manifestation gifts. Um, I, I kind of look at them as tools in my tool belt. When I teach this, this is actually, my, the, the, in my mind, this is how I see this. And um, I recently taught this, this in, a, in a course in our church, and I put different tools out on the table, hand tools, screwdrivers, hammers, wrenches, vice grips, you know, just various tools. And I said, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is... When I need a hammer, a screwdriver is not going to do the trick. When I need a wrench, um, a measuring tape is not going to do the, the, the trick. You need specific tools for specific situations. And each one of these gifts, and there's nine of them, and I'm just going to go through and list them, pull them out of this passage of Scripture that we just read. Um, the first one is the word of wisdom. The second one is the word of knowledge. The third one listed is the gift of faith. We have gifts of healing. Notice that's plural. Working of miracles. Prophecy. Supernatural discernment. Tongues. And interpretation of tongues. Now my question is, do you have access to these gifts? And I truly believe every believer, every spirit-filled believer has access to each one of these gifts. And again, there's controversy there because some people believe that they don't need to have certain gifts to to be a Christian. And I would agree with them 100%. We're not talking about our salvation here. We're talking about ministry. We're talking about sharing the gospel. We're talking about helping other people connect with Christ. That's the reason God gives gifts. He doesn't give them to give us tingles. He doesn't give them to, to, to you know, we, so we'll just feel good about ourselves. He gives us gifts so that we can be effective in ministering to other people. And we're just going to go through these, and we'll, we'll look at them, and we'll see how far we get today. We may have to 
come back and, and, and finish it up next week. But um, let's just start. We're talking again about tools and our tool belt. And we want to help other people um, really connect with Christ. Jesus gave us a mandate. He gave us a mission. And we often think that the, the, the way that, you know, the only way that we fulfill that mandate is we invite people to church. That's good. Or we sit down and, and, and ask, you know, if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? There's a time and a place for that. But there are other times and places when these spiritual gifts open doors for people to hear the gospel. Let me give you one example from Scripture. And I'm going to use it from the life of Jesus. And, you know, I firmly believe that each one of the spiritual gifts was in action in Jesus' life. And I'm talking about these nine that we just talked about here. Um, and we, we can argue about that another time. But, but I believe that Jesus didn't come to earth to show us how to live as God. He came to show us how to live as man, depending on God. And so I believe when we read the story, the familiar story in John 4 of the woman at the well, Jesus engaged her in a conversation. He was wanting her to find faith in him. And as a Christian, that should be something that you're consciously thinking about. The people in your world who don't know Christ, are you looking for opportunities to help them connect with God, to help them come back to Jesus? It, it, it's something, I mean, there's, this is the great commission that Jesus has given us to do. So let's just take this story in John 4. It said that, you know, Jesus engaged in a conversation. He asked her for some water. Um, he, she said, you know, um, if you knew who was asking you for this water, you would, would have asked him and he would give you living water. And they had this banter about water and really the conversation wasn't going anywhere. And Jesus, and I think we miss this sometimes, Jesus used a spiritual gift here. He said, hey, listen, I'd love to meet your husband. Why don't you go call him? And she said, well, I don't have a husband. And he said, that's right. You've had five. And the guy you're living with now is not your husband. Now, you can look at that a couple of ways. I think that it was probably a word of knowledge. Some people might call it a word of prophecy. I'll talk about the difference about the two in a few minutes. But I think what God did in that moment was he gave this woman a, a supernatural insight. He gave Jesus a supernatural insight into this woman's life that opened the door for her to hear and receive the gospel. Not just hear, but also to receive. And you see incidents like this throughout the New Testament, where either either Jesus or one of the apostles was uh, actively, engaged in, actively engaged in ministry, and they operated in one of these spiritual gifts. Another story, Acts Chapter 3, I believe it is, Peter and John are going up to the temple to pray. And there is a lame man. He's been lame from birth. Forty years, we're told. He's never walked. And Peter, when the guy asked him for money, he says, silver and gold I don't have, but here's what I do have. And he reached down and pulled the man up. Now it's easy for us to say, oh, you know, he was an apostle. He had seen Jesus. I don't know. I believe he was operating in a spiritual gift. I actually think he was operating in two. I think at that moment he was operating in the gift of faith and in a gift of miracles. So let's just go through these. I'm going to break them down a little bit. 
and see if we can um, bring them to life. And either in this session or in the next one, we'll actually talk about how we can develop these gifts in our own lives. So first of all, a word of wisdom is the first one listed. What is that? Now, this is not just run-of-the-mill wisdom, and we're all called to, to have wisdom. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. But it specifically says here, um, a, a depending on which uh, translation you read, a message or an utterance or a word of wisdom. And I don't know, maybe you've had this experience where maybe you were facing a problem or you were facing a situation where you just didn't know how to solve it. And... Maybe you mentioned it to a friend, maybe you mentioned it to a pastor, and they immediately had the insight that you needed. This happened to me not long ago. I was actually facing a, a situation, not a terrible problem. It was just a situation that I was trying to deal with um, in regards to a mission trip that I was putting together. And and I, and I mentioned it to a friend, just you know something I just had not been able to find the solution to. And he just immediately had a word of wisdom. He didn't even really know the situation, but he said, well, have you thought of this? And I hadn't. I hadn't thought of it, and it was exactly what I needed to solve the problem. So what I think is sometimes, in the context of our relationships, um, and, and maybe you've been the the giver, not just the recipient, where you're you're dealing with somebody, and just from somewhere... Just some some wisdom, some supernatural, some spirit-filled, some spirit-infused wisdom comes out of you. And you go, man, where did that come from? Well, that's, that's, that's a spiritual gift, and it can be developed. The next one, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is, is, is usually um, supernatural insight about a specific situation, usually a current situation. I think that's what Jesus had when he was dealing with the woman at the well. Um, a supernatural um, insight, a supernatural ability to discern, uh, maybe even a picture of something. Sometimes God speaks to people with words. Other people, he speaks in pictures. But there was something there that gave insight to a specific instance. Um, several years ago, I was teaching some of this material in South America, in Brazil, and in one of our churches, we were doing a seminar on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I was encouraging people, in the same I'm is it encouraging you, not, we don't just develop the spiritual gifts for us, we develop them so that we can be effective witnesses. These are tools to help us be effective witnesses. And I was encouraging them, I said, look, Ask God to develop these gifts in you so that you can help be better effective in sharing the gospel with those around you. One of the, the young women in the church took me literally, and she began to pray for a co-worker who was not a Christian. And she you know, began to pray for a few weeks. And, and one morning as she was praying for her, she felt this nudge in her heart because she and this woman usually had lunch together, but the conversation of faith had not come up. Um, she wanted to share the gospel with her, but there hadn't been an opportunity yet. And she was a little, my friend was a little nervous and a little shy. But one morning, as she was praying for this lady who wasn't a Christian, the Holy Spirit just gave my friend this little nudge, this little sense, this little idea in her head that she should ask her about her family. They had never really had a personal conversation. They had just talked about work and current events or whatever. 
But today she felt that she was to ask her about her husband and, you know, hey, you know, tell me about your family. So at lunch they talked and chatted about work for a few minutes. And then my friend said, hey, listen, you've never told me about your husband. Tell me about your family. And she said as soon as she did that, the woman broke down and started crying. And she said, how did you know? And she said, well, I I don't know. What are you talking about? She said, you asked me about my husband. He's having an affair. I just found out that he's having an affair and he wants a divorce. Well, my friend moved immediately into ministry mode and said, look, I'm a Christian. I'm so sorry you're going through this. Can I pray for you? And she was able to share the gospel with her. She was able to bring her to church so she could receive ministry. Now, this woman's still in process. She hasn't committed her life to Christ yet, but she knows there's a God. She's she's felt the power of the Holy Spirit. But that conversation may never have happened if my friend didn't just have this insight. She's praying specifically for guidance. The Holy Spirit gives her a word of knowledge. Ask her about her husband. Ask her about her family. And there it is. Gift of faith. What is that? What is the gift of faith? I mean, look, the Christian life is lived by faith. It says in Hebrews, Without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. But this is something special. This is the supernatural burst of faith. And maybe you've experienced that before. Maybe in prayer you've prayed for something and you just automatically knew that it was okay. Maybe as you were praying for someone, for healing or for salvation or for something else, you just sensed in your heart it was done. I mean, look, many times, most of the time when I pray, it's a constant, I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I don't sense that. I just feel like I need to just keep praying. You know, Jesus said, don't give up when you pray. But there are times when I've had that sense of God has done it. And then there's no need to pray anymore. And I think that's what happened also, like I mentioned the story of Peter and John in Acts. They, they, they found the lame man. He was, he was there. He was, he was lame for 40 years. And Peter had that burst of faith where he was willing to... I mean, think about the boldness that it took to reach down and grab a guy who's never walked and try and pull him to his feet. If this doesn't work, you're going to look really bad. But when you've got that gift of faith, the fact of the, the idea of failing doesn't even occur to you because you know that God is going to do what he said. And then this one carries over into the next one. It's the working of miracles. And we'll actually stop, stop with this one and come back next week and, and, and do the next four. But the working of miracles. This is different from the gifts of healing. And that's We'll we'll, we'll actually talk about that one uh, next time. But the working of miracles is is when the Holy Spirit focuses His power on a specific situation. Um, you You can actually dig into the language, into the Greek language, and it actually talks about the focus of power. The working of miracles is God focusing His power on a situation. If there's a financial situation and God focuses His power on it, a miracle takes place. If there's a a, a, a physical situation, a healing that needs to take place, a miracle 
is God focusing his power on that situation. Healing sometimes implies the, 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 the long-term, maybe a longer process. Maybe God speeds it up, but it still implies the, the, the using of natural processes. But here, the working of miracles, it's when God steps in and lengthens that limb. When that check comes in the mail the next day, when when that relationship that looked like there was no chance for restoration is miraculously restored, that is a work. That's a, that's the working of a miracle. So just a recap, um, we've talked about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, and the working of miracles. And uh, next time, we'll pick up with the gifts of healing, And we'll talk about prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And that ought to be a lot of fun because, like I said, it is very controversial. Well, listen, um, I'd love to know what you think. If you disagree with me, that's fine. Um, But but what what has been your experience concerning spiritual gifts? Um, I hope this is something that you take seriously. I hope it's not something that you've just kind of brushed aside. The Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Well, what are you desiring? Are you earnestly desiring spiritual gifts? I mean, obviously we go for God and not His gifts, but the Apostle Paul told us, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. So we'll talk about those next week. Listen, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or comment in the comments section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I would love to hear from you. Well, friends, until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to keep seeking him. 